Hey, this is Glory Every Day, and I'm so glad you're here. I'm your host, Kayla Turner. Join me each week as I talk with a friend about how God is at work in our lives for His glory. I love to tell stories, laugh, and accidentally cry often. My hope is that hearing these conversations will encourage you with fresh eyes to see how God is at work in your own life for His glory. Because whether you are cleaning a bathroom, working at your computer, or having coffee with a friend, God can be glorified in all of it. Hi, friends. I am sitting here tonight with my friend Allie. A few um, few days ago, I had the opportunity to speak at an event for um, a women's ministry summer launch, and I was given the complete privilege to speak about whatever, <laughs> And I, which is sometimes I really love that and sometimes I'm like, well, I don't know. But it was a true gift because what the Lord had given me to speak about was something that was the overflow of something he was teaching me in this season. And so like getting to walk through that was a gift like whenever I get to teach something like that is something that I study and gets to be in me and then to get to talk about that helps me like learn it even more and own it and so it was such a joy to like pursue this idea of work and rest and those things not being enemies but just really being something that I got to study the patterns of Jesus in so the reason I'm having Allie sit with me here is because one I wanted to talk about this for a while because I've been loving it and studying it but I wanted to wait until after (laughs) the event when I taught it and then two most of this came from um, the book of Mark which Allie and I have just finished studying together we are in discipleship together and so I just thought it'd be fun to like sit and talk through these things and then kind of bounce some of it off of her and, and ask her for her thoughts so Allie introduce yourself a little bit we know you're Allie what else <laughs> I've been married for almost almost three years and that's about as long as we've been going to our church yeah I've met Colby when y'all were engaged yeah mm-hmm. so I thought he was so quiet. I thought he hated me. But um, when people are quiet sometimes, I'm like, oh, maybe I'm too much for them. Which is a false assumption on my part. I shouldn't assume people hate me. But I remember thinking, like, maybe he doesn't want me to talk to him. (laughs) (laughs) He's a very quiet. Mm -hmm. But now I know that he, like, wants to be quiet. So I, like, I can still just tease him and I feel whatever about it now. Well, um, Colby, you deal with that however you want. <laughs> um, we've been married for almost three years. We've been going to King's Cross for that long. Mm-hmm. Um, Colby does youth group. He runs the youth, youth intern, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I work in a middle school and then we do youth together. And yeah. So our life is middle school now. It is. And you're so good at it. You walk okay. alongside of him in that really well. I think you guys do it as a partnership really well. Thank you. And you are gifted with that age group. That is an age group that I think sometimes takes a calling. Not all the time. Like, And I'm not implying like they're really difficult either. But it just, I think you guys really excel with that. It's really fun. Yeah. It's a good time. I love that. I'm glad that you all love two it. Two girls and I. <laughs> Holding it down. Yeah. Doing great. So back in, um, well, before... March I was going to give like a frame but it was like before that like my dad had open heart surgery we thought he was going to have a knee replacement ended up having open heart surgery we'd been through a season a long season before that with a lot of things at church being crazy and like things just didn't haven't let up for us for a while we had I'm jumping right into it by the way I finished I finished your introduction and was like all right well I'll move on now (laughs) so sorry it was not a good transition on my part but just 
the end. So back to me. And <laughs> in, and then in March, you know, we walked through tragedy and grieving ourselves with, with friends and a really, really trying season. And so there was a lot of rhythms in our life, like not just through that, but because of everything else that Will and I do and have going on. Like we enjoy being busy people and having a lot of social interaction as well as like and not just social but like with ministry driven like that's how how we live and I mean we'll come in from out of town like we will pull on our driveway from a six-hour trip and our kids will say is anybody coming over tonight (laughs) so like praise God for kids that that fit into the rhythms of our family and embrace it and enjoy it too and so like in the same same realm of things like thanks for showing up tonight Allie like I said today I was like hey you just want to come straight over after work and like be be in it to win it with us tonight so um one thing to the next but so I just got to this point where you know doing like with with everything else that was going on outside of us as well as like the normal things so like my husband's a pastor and I'm a pastor's wife and I'm a women's ministry director and I started a podcast and I have a blog and I have I'm a day of wedding coordinator and then I've taken on some more roles with that company with some extra coordination of things and so there just suddenly was so much going on and I kept going I'm fine I'm doing it all in the name of Jesus and we're great and and you know we were studying Mark and it was early on when some of the when the some of the uh, tragedy and stuff had happened in our in our circle of, of things and in Mark 2 it really stood out to me that the Pharisees I'm sorry Mark 3 2 that the Pharisees are watching Jesus to see if he will heal but they're actually watching the man with a withered hand and it says because the Pharisees have missed the point of the Sabbath and they are looking at it very legalistically and they don't see that the Sabbath actually that Jesus is our rest, right? And that he came to, um, like the Sabbath is to serve us and help us. Like we don't serve the Sabbath and, and, and walk through all these things like through motions. And so the Pharisees are watching this man with a withered hand in the temple because it's a Sabbath and they want to see if Jesus will heal him because they're going to call that work and try and trap him in that, in that snare. And so it stood out to me so much in a season where where there was a lot of healing that needed to happen that that was really encouraging to me that, and I was sharing that with, with Bill Will that, hey, like there, people are watching to see if Jesus is going to heal. And I want to be a part of that. Like, let's, let's move towards that and let's be a part of healing and hope and, and offer those things. And I remember not long after that, a friend of mine had reached out and said, Hey, how are you doing right now? And I was like, Hey, I'm doing really good. I feel like Jesus has just given us so much favor and we want to be the hands and feet of Jesus. And we see that in Mark three, two, when they are watching to see if Jesus will heal this man, because even though they are out to get Jesus, they know that Jesus will act in accordance with his character because that's what he's proven to do. And his character is to heal and to meet people in their time of need. And so I was so encouraged by that. And I was sharing that with my friend and she very quickly responded, and I loved it because I was pretty certain that she probably didn't have time to like open the scriptures and look that up and then look at the next thing. Like, I, I just know her well enough to know like these things are probably in her. And she was like, well, don't forget, shortly after that, the next thing Jesus does is remove himself from the crowd so as to not be crushed. And I remember thinking, oh, yes, that's cool that you knew that so fast, but also I'm good. Thanks. You know, and not like in a mean way, but I think like it was a prideful way that I was like, okay, yep, I'm good. I'm fine. And Right about that time, our washer um, started not draining all the way. I thought like there, I would go to get um, the clothes out 
because I love a system and I have a lot of systems <laughs> in my house. One of them is um, I start a load of laundry every night before I go to bed. And then in the morning, I throw it in the dryer. And then when I'm doing my normal um, cleaning house chore things that I love to do because of the Passionate Paint Pinchers home planner that I love. And <laughs> and I, anyway, so it makes sense to me to like put it in with those tasks because then I won't forget about it. At our old house, I used to forget about laundry. Like I'd start it and then forget because it was in the basement. But now our laundry is right by our bedroom. So I can throw it in before bed. And then it's like I'm walking by it all the time during the morning when I'm doing stuff. So then I remember to fold the laundry and the laundry's done for the day. And it's great. Um, except it sits usually on my bed folded all day until everybody gets home from school and then they put theirs away. But it's done on my part. So I consider it checked off. But now they're home all the time. <laughs> Because it's summer. So I'm like, come get your clothes. But um, anyway, so it would be super wet in the morning. And so then it would take like extra dryer cycles to dry because it was so wet. And then my system was thrown off because it's like I was forgetting about it because of that. So the point, though, is that it was messed up because the there was something wrong with the washer. And then like a day or two later, I realized that the shower in our bathroom is dripping a little bit. And I was like, you've got to be kidding me. Like, what what's going on with water in our house? And so we figure out, though, that it's actually not leaking. It's just starting to get finicky with the knob. And as long as you get the knob in the right spot, it doesn't drip. So I continue to like examine things with the washer and figure out what's going on and then realize that it's not that it's not draining, it's that it's dripping. And so our washer only runs when you have the lid down. But so like if it was running and I went and opened the lid, it would just stop. But now even with the lid open, it just kept like a, a pretty steady drip enough that obviously it was leaving a puddle of water. So instead of getting it fixed right away, the solution was I'll just start the wash in the morning so that it doesn't sit all night long and, and pool all that water. So then I could get it out and dry it faster. So that was our minor solution. And then I figure out um, a friend of mine was over and we left to go look at when she was leaving we went I, outside and I was showing her my very vibrant mint crop <laughs> that's growing so wonderfully um, outside and so as we peeked around the porch the hose was like almost running like more than dripping like it hadn't been turned off all the way and it was like pooling in the flower bed there and I was thinking oh my goodness I know that Bill Will watered the grass after he had laid some seed and feed and seed or whatever um like days ago and I was like how long has this been running I was like that me that was why our water bill was like weirdly high last month and then I was going oh my gosh the washer is dripping the shower was dripping and this and so my friend leaves and I go inside and I'm a firm believer of asking the Lord about like patterns and things that he's trying to teach us because if you um, study Exodus and see the Israelites they did not <laughs> pick up often on the patterns of things that the Lord was trying to point out to them and so I, I walked into the house and like I could barely get the question out of like Lord why is everything leaking when I immediately knew the answer in my heart and the Holy Spirit had told me and I just said like almost out loud oh because I am leaking like I just was sustaining this pace that wasn't sustainable because I wasn't taking time to stop and rest not that I was doing all like doing these things bad I just wasn't managing them and saying like hey I have to block off this amount of time or I need to say no to a few things or or take a break here and there and so I began to do that a little bit the shortly thereafter was mother's day and it was a wonderful mother's day that is my eighth mother's day of being a mother and it took until the eighth mother's day <laughs> for it actually to be maybe 
one of the most meaningful ones. And we've had several marital fights over Mother's Days over the years and in ways that have grown us and helped us. And I am really thankful <laughs> to be where we are now. No, I have a wonderful husband, but we just... you expectations we when we do premarital counseling with couples it's one of our favorite things to do but expectations is such a huge thing to talk about but who would have thought we should have talked about mother's day expectations <laughs> nor did i knew i had them right until and and expectations change too so those are important things to communicate based on seasons and so like for this season in particular it was a glorious day of like nothing like we didn't we just had church and then nothing the rest of the day and in this season for us especially and I mean anybody for that matter maybe in the spring that's around any kind of academic calendar or anything else it just gets really crazy and so there was nothing else going on and all day it was like what do you want to do next mom what do you get to? and like I got to pick all the things I love we went on a walk around the lake we went on a jeep ride Bill Will took it an extra step farther. I just wanted the top off and he took the doors off and it was a really, really windy day. So it was dangerous and borderline scary, except for the fact that we were laughing so hard about how obnoxious it was because we were just this constant wind tunnel with the doors off. (laughs) It was absurd. But anyway, it was hilarious and good memories. But... And then the next Sunday was similar. Obviously, it wasn't Mother's Day, but we still had this kind of like open schedule with nothing else to get to. And so we just got to rest and relax and be. And there wasn't like a ton of to-do things and, and running around. And so shortly after, I began to actually engage in patterns of rest. And and I will even say that the whole time we've been studying Mark, because we just finished it tonight, right, um, is that... Especially, you know, I I began to observe then that there were patterns that I would see where Jesus would withdraw from the crowd or we would see that that Jesus would remove himself and he would he would rest or he would go away to pray or he would, you know, take his disciples for a time just to be with them. And so I was observing it and noticing it. I just wasn't implementing it and practicing it myself. And so as I began to like experience rest in my life, um, not only did I feel way, way better, but I am not even kidding you the washer stopped leaking so so the shower you know we fixed the hose thing was an easy fix just turn turn the thing off but the washer like drip fixed itself and so like what a gift (laughs) from my father-in-law likes to say cheap lesson but for real it was it was free we didn't have to fix it nothing required a new washer or a maintenance man and so like what a gift of the lord to show me that in such a practical way that like, I mean, I really felt like I was leaking. Like I, I wasn't stopping and taking time to, to fill up and, and just be. And so as I began to do that, like it was such a physical representation of, of like being healed and experiencing that. And so it is a struggle to still manage that because even tonight, you know, we were talking about like the craziness and I think I was explaining some of this to you and I was like, Oh, I need to teach myself this again. Like I'm, I'm being a little bit little, um, hamster wheelish sometimes I feel like you know like just running and not getting anywhere but having spent so much time preparing this to get to speak um I'm really thankful for the things that we see that we see Jesus doing so like even in Mark 9 28 we see that um it's uh, so Jesus had just healed a demon-possessed child the the son of this man who it it describes like how horrible it had been for his for so many years and the disciples had tried to cast out the demon and were unable to and then jesus does and then it says this and when he had entered the house his disciples asked him privately why could we not cast it out and jesus answers them you know and i think he says that um, this kind can only be removed by prayer and so you see this element of 
it says privately. And so like the disciples weren't going to ask him that in front of the crowd. There was so much going on and noise and people were always wanting Jesus' attention and wanting to be healed and to be around him. And so like there were spaces where he went away to be with just the disciples. And so in private, they could ask him these questions. And and so whether they were asking like out of embarrassment, like, hey, why couldn't we do this? Or out of genuine like desire for understanding, hey, why couldn't we do this? Like regardless, like they needed space to be with just Jesus, to be able to bring those things before him. And so like Sunday mornings are wonderful. Like we want to be around large community gatherings and preaching and in the presence of others. But there's also time and space to be with just a few people where Jesus speaks truth to us. So like maybe that small group Bible studies or discipleship groups, or just even spending life giving time with friends who speak truth to you and, and finding rest in those places where we're not just constantly running from one thing to the next and being drowned out by noise. But we see where Jesus spent time with just the disciples. And then we see time where he like spent time alone by himself. And we see it in um, the very first part of Mark and Mark one I believe it's 35. He says, it says, while it was still dark, Jesus got up early to pray. And so he gets up early when it's really, really dark still, which means pretty early. And you're making a face because we know Allie doesn't doesn't love mornings. And so this isn't, this isn't one of those things I think where we see this really clear line because there's not a formula that we find for, for this work and rest situation. They're not enemies. They're not things that we would pit against each other, which I think our minds tend to do. But, um, it's a really beautiful like dance I think is the best way to maybe describe it because it's not something that we can ever totally balance because I think it changes in different seasons Jesus also you know wasn't living in a time where people probably viewed time the way we do like I think there's an eight to five Monday through Friday framework and then like the weekends and so whether we want to say work or something that requires energy or like tasks from us, like we probably qualify on one end of the spectrum of maybe things we enjoy or have to do before we can rest. And then there's another side of people, other kind of person maybe that's like, hey, I want to do all the fun stuff until I absolutely have to get my work done at the last minute and and those things. And so like, I think, you know, we polarize them and we make them at different ends but like we want to pursue both of those things and pursue both of them well in the way that Jesus does so he got up early to be able to spend time with the Lord and then um, Simon comes and finds him and says hey where have you been everybody's looking for you and then Jesus is like "Um, let's go (laughs) he says let's go so that we can I can preach and for that is why I came and so I love that there's this space of like rest and, and filling up but he doesn't when he doesn't like just stay there and be like, oh, I wasn't done. He's like, oh, it's time to go. And Simon even says, hey, people are looking for you. And he's like, let's go. I'm here to preach. Let's do the thing. And so like you see this really beautiful picture of he went to be filled up and then he's like on mission. So when we spend time with Jesus, we're renewed of our callings. We're renewed in our energies for what he has set before us for us to do. And I love this picture that we'll find when we see um, Colossians 3.17 and 1 Corinthians 10.31. So the one in Colossians says, and whatever you do in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. And then in 1 Corinthians, it says, so whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do all for the glory of God. And I love, 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 because it looks like one of those lends itself more towards kind of the fun rest side of things, because that's my jam for like eating and drinking is like, yes, please. That is how I will. That's how I'm going to, my husband and I pick vacations based on food. Usually like we were about the food. And so that is really life-giving and fun to me. Like I usually really enjoy cooking when there's time. I say that. And then there's times like, and I think that's where I'm like, Hey, it's not always a balance. Like there's a dance, right? Because especially 
at different times of our lives, like things that we might love actually just feel really draining and, and task oriented and aren't things that we always love depending on all the things that are going on. And so like we have this element that looks like this rest, but then it says in word or deed. And that feels a lot to me more like something we might qualify as work or something that requires energy or presence from us. But like either way, we're to glorify the Lord in those things. And so what it looks like to press in to that and manage our time in that way and view it I can remember at our old house several years ago, I was dusting and this is where my husband would jump in and be like, oh, you dusted? (laughs) While I really love my systems and patterns, dusting is the one thing that really falls by the wayside. And sometimes I am great at keeping it up and then it's like, well, haven't dusted. Wanted to do it today just for the sake to be like, oh, but I did today, Uh but I didn't. I did other things. And so um, anyway, I had this moment, my kids were little and I was dusting And I don't know why that's important. I just remember where I was standing and that I was dusting and that I was having this probably internal dialogue. And I don't know that I was praying or, and I might've been praying. I might've been venting and just kind of inviting the Lord into my thoughts because I was like, they don't even care that I keep this house clean or that I take care of this stuff. And I, which when I was talking to my husband about this, that I was teaching, he was like, oh, but I do so much. And I was like, no, I know you do. I'm so sorry. I was believing the worst of you in this moment. And, but the point is that I, I, I made that complaint in my head, like pretty verbally out loud as much as it was internally, <laughs> it could have been said. And I just so quickly felt the Lord go, well, are you doing it for them or for me? And I was like, oh, well, yeah, I'm always going to be empty if I'm doing it for other people because they're not going to appreciate me enough or it's not going to ultimately validate me, right? Mm-hmm. So like the things that if we if we do our work to glorify the Lord, then we're fulfilled in that. If we rest to glorify the Lord, then we're fulfilled in that. And I, I wonder if, you know, those, like whether you're inclined to rest more over work or vice versa, like if we feel if we're not resting in the right way, then it doesn't fulfill us in the way that that's that we were meant to. Like Jesus is our rest and he's our Sabbath and he calls us away to that. And we see that there aren't like, again, like clear lines. There's not a formula. And we see it in Mark six when he asks the disciples to come away after he sent them on their missionary journey. And it's like, I think Mark six thirty one when he says, come away with me to a desolate place because they were going, like they were coming and going and there wasn't even time for them to eat, it said, because people were coming and going so much because Jesus had become so famous. Like you keep seeing phrases like in Mark 8, 1, it says a great crowd gathered again. Like there was just people around Jesus all the time. And so he tries to get them away. He puts them in a boat because he says like, you've, you know, you've been on a missionary journey. Like let's, let's go away and rest. So they get on a boat, people see them get on a boat and know where they're going. And so by the, they like run around to all the villages and they get all these people. And by the time they get to the other side, they are, they arrive to a great crowd of people again. And so what, so Jesus invites them to rest and they actually only have the amount of time that it takes to get from point A to point B on a boat. And and you'll see over and over again, um, in Mark that they actually end up in a boat a lot. And I'm wondering how strategic that is now of Jesus to like actually create this space where they can just be. And sometimes it's just with, with them. And sometimes he's with them. Sometimes he sends them on a boat with just them and then he joins them later. But, um, I think there's an invitation in that for us to like, look and wonder what it looks like for us to actually create good space in our lives to to just be and to shut out other things and and not that that resting means just sitting still but what it looks like to actually fill our fill ourselves with 
things that are life-giving and restful to us. Sometimes that's people and sometimes it's a walk and sometimes it's it's activities that we enjoy, but not in ways that like are just drowning, drowning us out and, and checking out. But um, so Jesus gets to the other side and it says that he has compassion on the crowd and then he teaches them and then he ends up feeding them and it's you know this miraculous event and so he feeds them because the disciples come and say hey it's really late and we're in a desolate place we should send them away to go buy something and Jesus is like no we can't send them away to buy something and I almost I am amused at at the humor of like he invites them to a desolate place and then they're like hey, we're in a desolate place. They can't eat. <laughs> like, weren't we supposed to be here in a desolate place? And now it's not because everybody's here. But um, regardless, like Jesus had invited them into a space of rest, but then he had compassion on these people and like went back to work. And I think that is really important for us to acknowledge like what it looks like to walk in the spirit and invite the Lord into those decisions because there will be times maybe when we think, oh, this is rest for me. This was supposed to be my time. And now these people need something from me or, hey, this isn't what I thought it was going to be. Or, or, you know, and you could even flip the switch on that. Like, I was supposed to be getting so much work done right now and now I have, now I'm resting and that's not what I wanted, you know, or, or, you know, and maybe that's because like the Lord actually intervened to cause us to rest because we weren't. But um, I just, I love that so much because I think that is something that happens to me a lot, you know, like, oh, what am I actually supposed to be doing with my time? Because I desire to do the right thing. Um, And that's where I think of like Psalm 90, 12, like teach me to number my days so that I may gain a heart of wisdom and what that looks like to ask the Lord, like, hey, what's the right thing today? Like help me to value my days and value and understand the right, because whether you swing the pendulum to like work first, then rest, or I'm going to work all the time, like to find that, that, that dance more or less, not, not the balance of like, what do those things look like today? And what, what do I need? Because when you look at, you know, coming out of rhythms of quarantine, like there was this like total stop of everything. And I think we all learned the value and and greatness of that space that we needed. And so like, how can we hold on to those things and still press in now, like holding on to those lessons and we don't have to reject everything. Like that actually served a good purpose of teaching us to slow down, but maybe there's that's a hard rhythm. Like in the same way that it's like hard to stop working to rest, like some people it's really hard to stop resting and and work. Like we, they got so used to like the, hey, no. And, And that happens, I think anytime you have rhythms of like, hey, it's time for me to stop and, and, and be for a minute. You know, like I talked about like, hey, I'm gonna go and do all these things in the name of Jesus, but that's actually pride. Do we get stuck of in the, on the other end of that of, oh, I just can't right now. I don't have the energy. I just need to stop and I can't, I can't get going again. And we see that Jesus, like, it just makes me think again of like Mark 1, 35, that he's like, he went away to be, and then he was like, all right, let me go do the thing I was called to do. Like when we rest well and like appropriately, then we're filled up and ready to go. Mm -hmm. And when we're working well in the name of Jesus for his glory, and not ourselves and our pride and like trying to sustain these things because even Jesus didn't sustain like a ridiculous go, go, go all the time. Like he, he acknowledged his limits in his humanness, human body and took time to rest and invited the disciples to rest, rest with him. Mm. So like when I think about resting and working, like our, what drives us to that, like in our flesh, is it entitlement? Like, I think I see, and I think I see that a lot in others and probably myself of like, 
you know, oh, you deserve this. You know, and not that that's like inherently treat wrong. Yourself. Yes. Treat yourself 2017. Um, yeah, we see that a lot. And like that, oh, you deserve it. And I don't know. I don't want to get into that whole thing. right? I feel like that's a whole other can of worms, what we deserve and don't deserve. And if you ask my kids, they'll tell you we deserve hell. And we do. But thank goodness for Jesus who came and saved us. And that's why we don't like to use the word. It's not fair around here. Because... Yeah fair is hell but Jesus saved us and gave us what was not fair and so when we are obedient we rest out of we like when we rest out of obedience like those are things that are fulfilling to us and glorifying to the Lord when we um, rest out of entitlement Mm -hmm. then not only is that disobedient but it's like not really life-giving to us like I'm resting because I'm just I deserve it then we've missed the point of all of it and it's self-serving versus filling to our souls and like finding our rest and Sabbath and Jesus so so pretend we were just like sitting here in normal Bible study talking about that (laughs) what are your thoughts Allie (laughs) something that came to mind I think so mentioning one end of the spectrum doing mm-hmm. all the things mm-hmm. um, out of pride and I think being indoctrinated with having to do all the things. Sure. Um, that's how I was for a long time. Yeah. And then um, eventually going through COVID mm-hmm. and having to stay home and not doing anything. Then I fell into the, I'm just going to rest. Yeah. And I, this has been really nice for me. Mm-hmm. Like, I was feeling leaky. Mm-hmm. And um, I, went, I didn't gain anything, any more wisdom or insight yeah. or anything more from before I started doing all the things to the mm-hmm. end of doing all the things. So I guess I need to just rest and step back. Mm-hmm. And then whenever we come back to church and feeling a difference in that and like I really didn't want to be alone and I really didn't want to be even though I thought like hey this is really nice it's pretty cush mm-hmm, <laughs> mm-hmm. um like I didn't want to be alone and do those things mm-hmm. so like there's that difference but I think even now just thinking the difference in rest that I was taking for all of corona mm-hmm. to um, recently with youth, Colby and I and the other leaders will like trade off weeks. Mm-hmm. And so for this last session of topics that the kids picked, I was like, I really, I don't feel like I can teach them well and like I have it in me to teach. And so I took a, a mini sabbatical. Yeah. <laughs> um, I took a rest and I took a beat and then were you still going or just not teaching or no? Going, okay. I just wasn't teaching. Yeah. And, um, but there was a night that Colby was speaking about, they wanted to learn about like mental health mm-hmm. and what God says about that. Mm-hmm. And sweet, sweet Colby, I think he understands that he, it's not like a personal experience mm-hmm. of having struggles with like anxiety. Sure, sure. And so I think in that moment of listening, it was like a reawaken of like, hey, it's like you've had your rest. You're okay now. Mm-hmm. And being able to take that time then to speak about those things. Yeah. But like 
I'm so thankful that I was aware enough to A, say, like, I needed rest, mm-hmm. um, and B, to do that correctly and to mm-hmm. do it well, and then C, to, like, acknowledge that, hey, like, it's time for you to yeah. come back. Like, I have yes. things that I want you to say and things that I yeah. want you to do. I think it's time for you to come mm-hmm. and tell yeah. and come back, I guess. Mm-hmm. So. That's so good. I love that because... Yeah, that's a hard, it's a hard thing to change rhythms, right? Like it's like the law, like an object in motion stays in motion. Like if it's rest, it stays at rest. If it, you know, like that we are prone to those things. And so, I mean, it feels easier to rest and and check out, right? And even though like when we don't rest correctly, like out of entitlement or whatever the thing, and a lot of times, like I think we start resting the right way. You know, but then in the same way that we do things, I think I said this earlier, like we do things really well and then pride sneaks in, like we can rest well. And then if we get stuck on that too long, like we rest unhealthy and it just gets really hard to step out of because when we're not resting well, it doesn't fill us correctly. So we just keep longing for it. And it's this like terrible cycle where we're not actually resting, but we think that's what we're doing. We can't stop because we're not resting well. I think it is hard to like to determine what resting well is for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What do you think it is for you? That's a really good question. I think it's in. I mean, what could it be? Yeah. What could it be? Yes, because yeah. I do, again, you're right. It is not like what what feels restful to you now. I think what feels restful to me now, um, and we've talked about this, like being pursuant of relationship, mm-hmm. yeah. pursuant of community. Mm-hmm. Um, that feels very restful mm-hmm. to just be around. I remember we were having dinner with some friends from church mm-hmm. and Colby texted me, are you ready? It's like, it's being like, I was like, no, I'm really not ready. <laughs> I want to stay longer. I want to stay. No, mom, I'm not ready to go. I'm going to go hide. <laughs> but like, I really wasn't. I and mean, like, mm-hmm. it was time ago. But I really didn't want to leave. Yeah. Being with them. Mm-hmm. And I enjoyed that. And yeah. So, and did that feel like something you wanted to celebrate because you felt ready, did. like that yeah. that you felt that way? Yeah, because yeah. I mean, for a while I've been very introverted. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, that's not a secret. Like introverted and very. Right. I haven't known known, I guess myself and my place. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, like learning who I am and my place in our community. Mm-hmm. Um, and what I bring, I think. And so it was kind of like, oh, that's really nice that I, like, actually mm-hmm. want to stay and, like, yeah. be with yeah. people and do that. Yeah. So I think being around people is very restful for me. I found, you'll love this, <laughs> journaling is very Yes, <laughs> this is glorious news. Because you've had to work thing. on that a yeah. long time. It's been, like, a, an ordeal yeah. for me. Hey, that is an interesting point because was and maybe it does still feel like work and I think maybe this is where we can even like land the plane on some of the issue of them being polarized like there are things that are both yeah like you had to work at it and now you have found it restful like there are work things that are restful and or energy giving things like I our pastor Trevor said a few weeks ago like are we uh pouring out to be filled up like there are ways that I serve um that I'm wired to and called to that require energy of me, but really fill me up. And like, I find rest in Jesus and getting to do those things. And it, and it fills me in a way that like gives me energy. And I love getting to serve in ways that, that I was designed to. I think 
you saying that kind of makes me think like even there there are things I know about myself that I enjoy and mm-hmm. I love mm-hmm. um, and I love to do but I have not put forth the work mm-hmm. to do those things mm-hmm. um, I get out of pride and out of mm-hmm. out of what's coming up of perfection like, yeah that's you know for journaling that was mm-hmm. why it was such a struggle I felt I had to check all the boxes and mm-hmm. do journaling a certain way and perfect it mm-hmm. um, and for the ways that I anywhere else like I feel like I have to do it perfectly and I have to meet a standard mm-hmm. um, and that's not always the case yeah but so perfection was is keeping you from keeping from work me. and rest sometimes yeah. because there's like a quote right on right yeah. not right quote unquote yeah. right way to do something yeah so I think that gets in the way yeah part of perfection sure but I think if you can gosh like we've talked about this little how long have we been studying work like <laughs> thirteen weeks um, yeah so thirteen weeks we've been talking about perfection is not obtainable. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah yeah I mean I grew up in a I feel like in ministry kept hearing like we're committed to excellence we're committed to excellence and whether or not this was the intention it translated to me as perfection it wasn't excellence like it was like perfection and so that is not attainable because Jesus is perfect not me Mm -hmm. and so what that looks like like we if we pursue like perfection exists in a vacuum because even if you could be perfect at one thing something else has to give like we have limits and we see that in the rhythms of jesus and mark like that even in his perfection he submitted to like his limits of his human body and like would withdraw and and stepped away from the crowd to rest and he invited others to do that too and like he got into the boat like i think i forgot to mention like after after he feeds the the, the 5,000 they get back into a boat so like they get there they get out of the boat they teach them they feed them and then he like gets them back in the boat like okay I'm gonna I'm gonna isolate you again like we were interrupted in this but it was like an ordained interruption mm-hmm. and now now let's continue your space and, and have rest again and so it's so much of just walking in the spirit and like knowing when and how and like I love so much that that rest for you right now is like often presence of other people um because that is something else we see with Jesus is that like he is so present like he is when he is on he is on and when he's resting he's like resting well because like like we said um I think I said in Mark 8 after he feeds the 4,000 right before he feeds I'm sorry in Mark 6 he feeds 5,000 and Mark 8 he feeds 4,000 but like it starts off that chapter was saying and like yet again another crowd had gathered and like there was just constantly people around Jesus and so like he was present with people he was healing them and he was aware and so like that I think points so much to the beauty of like resting well so that we can work well because how many of us are just doing things like on fumes and like saying we're doing it in the name of Jesus and like trying to glorify him but like we can't even be present you know like man I it gets I think the old I don't know if it's the older I get or if it's just the more I'm juggling and I'm I'm terrible at it. I know I'm not a multitasker at all. 
that is no secret but like I can get so lost in my thoughts that I'm just drowning everything else out and my kids are like mom 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 and I'm like what and I just am like so stuck in my head trying to figure something out but like I can't be present well and so like what it looks like to be able to have spaces that are like hey this is when I can think about this and this is when I need to be present here and like I think Jesus was perfectly present with people which is I'm going to qualify that as like kind of the work work effort side of things even if it is life-giving and fulfilling like yeah it is energy expelled for sure yeah Yeah. like it may be worth giving though yes so that rewards it's very rewarding yeah and not that we do it for that but we see like the reward of his work in us like the rest and the fruit of those things for sure yeah. When our motive is to glorify and rest, like that, I feel like that's such a different perspective yeah. for me. Like, oh, he's glorified when I rest and he's glorified when I work and do those mm-hmm. things well and how they play together because resting yeah. well creates like good work. And when we work well, then like we, he's glorified in our rest when we are resting to be fulfilled in him. That's good. So good. Yeah. Thanks so much, Kay Arthur, for leading us through Mark. Snaps. <laughs> Snaps. Hey, uh, God is glorified in our laughter, Allie. You ready for this question? I'm not. What has made you laugh hard recently? Uh, okay, so I told you earlier, mm-hmm. my original answer mm-hmm. was going to be that this whole week yes. makes me laugh. I texted him. <laughs> and he came up with something for you? No. Oh, nuts. Said, what has made me laugh recently? Mm-hmm. What's something that you've laughed about? Yeah. Dang. And then a minute later, he said, I'm always funny. Yeah. <laughs> it's true. But he just does the most random things. And I thank God for it. Because that was mm-hmm. one, one of my favorite things about my dad. Like, he was mm-hmm. always being dumb. <laughs> just being weird. Colby, I think she called you dumb. Sorry. I'm really not painting a great picture for you. Guys. No, Colby's <laughs> wonderful. We love him. We do love him. Yeah. Um, he does love people. And mm-hmm. he's does he said. make the youth laugh a lot too? Is he funny there? He can be. Yeah. I think he's working on that. <laughs> he's very, yeah. He, okay. He's very comical in the right side. Like once nine o'clock hits. Yeah. I think this week of camp coming up. Yes. Will be a game changer. Sure. I think in those settings he's a lot different. Mm-hmm. But 9 o'clock is, he's a totally different person. All right. I'd love for you to win. Here's to 9 o'clock camp, Colby, kids. 9 o'clock camp, Colby. (laughs) Kids coming at (laughs) you. Good deal. Hey, thanks for sitting here with me and talking about this. I think it was fun. It felt like a culmination to like really beautifully finish Mark and talk through these things that we observed of Jesus and how he um, values his time and ways that he demonstrates that for us well. Yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah. Loved it.